So, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Just how big of a fan are you? Do you deserve a seat at the dog's table? Well, you're here, aren't you? The best fans, the most patient fans in the league. This is the dog's table. Touchdown, Shabalaba Hub! If you're obnoxious, opinionated, over the top, and you live for the Browns... 45-40! Run, William, run! 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Welcome to your new family. The Dogs Table, an official Dogs by Nature podcast on the SB Nation and Vox Media Podcast Network. Let's do this. Welcome to the Dogs Table. Now your hosts, Craig Fountain. And Ryan Angelo. Let's go! Let's go! What's up, everybody? This is Craig Fountain and Ryan Angelo with the Dog Stable. And we are brought to you by SB Nation and Vox Media. We are part of the Dogs by Nature podcast network, and we are here to talk Browns with you today. Uh, what's up, Ryan? How's everything going? Everything's good, buddy. How about you? Uh, everything is just great. Um, you know, it's Super Bowl week, uh, yep. but uh, while while news is slow coming out of Berea, we do have some interesting things to talk about, and uh, maybe we'll we'll go off subject a little bit. We are a Browns only podcast, but uh, it's a Super Bowl. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk. Can you believe it's Super Bowl too. week already? Um, you know, we are headed towards free agency, headed towards the draft. And, uh, you know, I think what I want to start with today, uh, if I can uh, just uh, switch this little ticker at the bottom there that I forgot to forgot to move over. Um, Jedrick Wills is up for his fifth year option this year. And uh, this was actually brought to my attention. It, it had completely escaped me. I completely missed this. Jared Muller posted it to... Uh, Mueller posted it. I always get his last name wrong. I don't know why. Jared Mueller <laughs> posted an article today on dogsbynature.com, which you guys should be reading every day. And uh, he made some interesting points. And Jed Wills is up for his fifth-year option. It is a decision that the Cleveland Browns have to make this offseason. And it is going to have long-term ramifications on what our offensive line is going to look like. Now, what makes this interesting is Andrew Barry has shown – an unwillingness to, uh, maybe not an unwillingness, he's shown a tendency to not give up on his own draft picks. All right. So uh, not only is this going to be telling as far as how he handles this situation, it's not just any old draft pick. It's his first draft pick. It's his first first round draft pick. This is the guy that he drafted to be the cornerstone of the organization that he had every intention of overseeing for years to come and uh i want to get your opinions on jed wills and whether or not the Browns should pick up his fifth year option the amount that was revealed okay to preface this uh, and then i'll then i'll have you answer here is a little over 14 million dollars for a fifth year option so for 2024 uh where, where do you think of ryan um I say move on. Uh, the reason I say that is because the play is just not up to par for the position, right? You know, there's glaring effort issues on the field. 
um, technique issues. Uh, it, it just, he just looks so disinterested in being on the football field that it's just, it, it really bothers me. And you, you don't see that very often out of an NFL player. Um, but he's just so lackadaisical and I, I want to use the word lazy, but that's not fair because he is an NFL player, but like, it's just looks that way when he plays. And you know, it, it's, it's, it sucks because you, you want to hit on that draft pick. You want to know that you have your left tackle for, you know, for the next five, six, seven years, but you know, it, it didn't hit, we didn't make it on this one. You know, there's, there's other guys that are doing better and I just don't think he's anything more than a serviceable left tackle um, that has effort and consistency issues. And I just don't think you can pay someone that type of money to be your, uh, left tackle when you're in a win now mode. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And it's a big decision. And ultimately I get what you're saying. And the Browns fan base, I think is pretty divided on the subject. Some don't believe it's, it's an effort issue, but you know, to me, and, and I think you would agree, Ryan, and I, sometimes it looks like he's, he's really not giving it a hundred percent out there. Um, and that's just beyond looking like, like you're trying, I mean, tight, right. tuck your shirt in like a professional for Christ's sake. God, I, I always say that. And I always feel like an old man saying that, but Right. He, he just looks like he just doesn't care. And then, you know, there's instances where it's like he clearly you look, you watch a replay and you're like, he clearly gave up on this play. And then you have the quote unquote film bros on social media that are have all these elaborate uh, explanations for why he didn't finish this block or pick up that guy or, you know, this or that. It, that or the other um i'm not going to pretend to know more about uh scheme and in the intricacies as much as some of the film guys do the x's and o's guys do right but, uh at the same time i i'm still questioning that with what i'm seeing from my own two eyes um this might be a scenario in which it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to see that what i was kind of wondering you know, before even bringing up the fifth-year option ordeal and the amount of money it would take and the commitment for another year to give to him, along with the money, is left tackle wasn't his natural position coming out of college. And I think it would have been a bigger question prior to the Conklin extension of could they move him over to the right side? Should they move on from Conklin? Give him a shot there. Maybe he's an okay left tackle. I don't think he's terrible. I'm I wouldn't I'm not gonna put the bus label on him or anything no. like that. Um, and he's got the talent, but you know, maybe maybe he would do better on the right side of the line. And uh, but that's kind of out the window now, unless you are gonna sit him beside Conklin for depth and you know, beyond this year. That's you're committing to giving him $14 million for a yeah. year. So it's not like you can use this year as a trial run to see what you can get out of them or see, you know, that kind of thing. So it's kind of a gamble. The other thing too is, you know, I don't know. Would you put, you wouldn't put the bus label on him. Would you? No, I would just say it's a miss. I mean, he's just not performing to the level that you had hoped, you know, it's either he's, 
because he's playing left tackle and he should be on the right side of the line or whatever. It's just the returns just not there for, for where he was drafted. I mean, you know, you, you, that guy should be solid. There should be no issues. There should be no questions about the play. Um, You know, he comes to work every day and does his job and, you know, uh, mistakes happen in the NFL. We know that they happen at the highest level. They happen to some of the best players. Um, But, you know, I think when you watch him play, you can, you can tell what's a mistake and what's not a mistake. Um, So, yeah. According to PFF last season, he was the 59th ranked overall tackle, meaning left and right. Yes, um, you showed glimpses, but I mean, it, it's a gamble from a developmental aspect. It's like, how much time do you give the guy? Do you truly believe you're going to extract something bigger and better out right. of this player production wise? Um, you know, it's it's really tough. Well, I mean, experience is the best teacher, right? So he's had he's come in to the organization essentially has been plugged in as the left tackle starting left tackle since day one. Do we feel like we have seen enough progression from year to year or improvement from year to year to justify $14 million? I haven't. I don't, that's a lot of money. And we're already in um, salary cap uh, gymnastics, right? Like right. it, this, the solution seems so simple, right? You restructure a couple guys, you create all this cap space, but again, and I've been, I feel like a broken record saying this. I've said it on almost every episode we're kicking the can down the road, right? How many cans are you going to kick down the road? Right. Um, is it worth the gamble? So I think it's really going to come down to, uh, <laughs> some of it could come down to the salary. Yeah. But you know, when you look at them picking up their fifth year options, they picked up miles Garrett's, they picked up David and Joku's, they picked up Baker Mayfield and they picked up Denzel Ward. Um, so this, this will, this is a big decision. Right. I think personally they're going to move on from them. I think that the consensus prior to day likely would have been until seeing that contract number because that number was just revealed. Okay. Right. Um, Albert Breer uh, revealed those numbers today, actually, uh, 5.38 p.m. So that this was just we're recording on Tuesday evening. That was just uh, hours ago. Now, Jeff Lloyd, if you're on social media, you may be uh, familiar with Jeff Lloyd. He is reporting that the Browns do not plan on picking up his fifth-year option. We've had Jeff on the show. Uh, he's a good guy. He knows uh, he he knows people. We'll just put it that way. Um, you know, but I don't. I haven't seen anything else beyond that. But that I guess doesn't surprise me after seeing the figures at all. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a gamble because then you're at a place where you are creating another hole for your organization, right? So it's tough. You don't know. Yeah, and another way you can look at it is kind of like you have to do with quarterbacks too. If you consider him serviceable in low risk, like he has a low floor, meaning like, you know you're going to get a certain minimum amount of production from them, and you're comfortable with that. Left tackles aren't cheap. Right. So they may think it's worth it, and they may say, you know, we're going to pay you $14-plus million for your fifth-year option. You have to earn it if you want anything beyond that. Right. So, but I, I tend to believe that between the – 
I, w- I would call it disappointing. You know, first three years of his career. For sure. Yeah. The salary cap implications, you know, things like that. They're probably not going to pick it up. That's just. No. That's just. I my opinion. Um. All right. Moving on to the other side of the ball. Did you catch any of the Pro Bowl games? I didn't. I wasn't. I just wasn't interested in it this year. Miles Garrett uh, dislocated his toe. Fortunately, he does not need surgery. That could have been so much worse. Um, I'm. I didn't really tune in. I'm not gonna lie. I'm. I'm kind of over the Pro Bowl. You know, the skills challenges. They're kind of fun, but you know, you start throwing in like water balloon tosses. Like, I'm just not. I'm not. I have not watched the Pro Bowl in several um, years. You know, but uh, I'd be. I'd be interested to see what our viewers have to say uh, about the Pro Bowl. And, and what they think of it. I think they might as well give up on doing anything for it and just let it be the popularity contest it is and allow it to be an accolade. I think the more that they do the Pro Bowl and keep trying to change it around, the less it's going to mean, if that makes sense. Right. Um, I know you have like the all pro teams and things like that. Those are decided much differently than the Pro Bowl rosters. Um, you know, but then you don't have all the alternates and things like that. You just let, let, let the fans vote for the pro bowl, unleash a list, make it kind of like an all pro list and, and go from there. That's, that's my opinion. But, uh, he, he, he did crack a joke on social media today because, uh, you had, there's a lot of jokes flying around because Arian Foster appeared to, it was Arian Foster, right? He appeared to yes. suggest that the NFL is scripted. And yes, I think it was it very much taken out of context from an interview he did. And I think it was supposed to be uh, an attempt at a joke, but it's been run with. So <laughs> Miles Garrett posted a photo of him uh, and he was kind of caught in an awkward pose. And he's like me reading the NFL's Pro Bowl <laughs> script. And I thought it was kind of funny. But, uh, you know, fortunately, he's okay, and it's not a an Achilles or an right. ACL or, or something like that. Right. So, Super Bowl week is a big one. This is the last chance for us to watch professional football until uh, months and months and months from now, which is kind of depressing. So, I, I think that we would uh, – I think we need to kind of touch on it. It's, it's a place where, as Browns fans, we hope our favorite team – is is there in the new fu- in the near future and we can follow along all the festivities and everything like that with uh some real interest and it is uh it is Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs versus Nick Sirianni uh Mount Union alum which is in my backyard in a stone's throw from where Ryan's at in Canton Ohio um you know he he's coming from there so he's he's making a big time now and yep. it's Interesting because we're seeing Patrick Mahomes. We know what we're going to get out of Mahomes. We're seeing the Kansas City Chiefs offense. We're, we're, we know what we're getting there. The Philadelphia Eagles offense that we're going to be watching is widely viewed as what the Browns are going to try to model their Deshaun, Wa- Deshaun Watson offense off of. Um, so, I mean, is that is are you going to be watching the Eagles offense in this game or are you just going to be watching it as a fan like a normal Super Bowl game? <clears throat> Uh, I think a little bit of both. I mean, I, I know it's kind of a cop out, but it, that is where I hope that the Browns offense goes to in the future. Um, you know, I, I hope they're as smooth and efficient as, as the Eagles offense is. Uh, but at the same time, I want to watch it as a fan. I think it's going to be an amazing game. Um, I personally think the Eagles are going to pull it out, but 
it's uh, you know a little bit of both. I think I'm going to be doing a little bit of analyzing and and fanding at the same time. I think the biggest difference between the Browns offense and the Eagles offense is uh, a second receiver. They have the AJ Brown and Devonta Smith um, tandem, and that's something that I don't think that we have here. Right, and And they also get elite play from their tight end position as well. They do, and and they have Dallas Goder, and you know we have David Njoku. Um, who's who's up and coming still and had a phenomenal year this past year. But, uh, you know, I would argue we have a stronger run game. Uh, quarterback play is going to be comparable. Uh, Jalen Hurts has looked outstanding in that offense. I think, uh, you know, I don't know if I'd call him a system quarterback. He's, he's certainly talented, but uh, I think he's – I did not expect him to have this type of season before the year. I was very critical of his play last year from an arm talent perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the passing game flourished uh, in Philadelphia this past year. So that'll be interesting. A little bit of a revenge game for Nick Sirianni. I believe he was fired by Andy Reid at one point. So some fun narratives uh, around there. But I think it's going to be a good game. I, I don't know if uh, I have a strong opinion one way or another of which way it's going to go. Um, it's probably going to be a close game. I couldn't tell you. For sure. If it's going to be high scoring, low scoring, the Eagles defense, I think kind of might give the Eagles an edge, but it is Patrick Mahomes and it is the Super Bowl. Yep. So, so we'll see. Speaking of coaches, we're kind of all over the map. All right. There's not a whole lot going on, but I keep, I keep, you know, conjuring up relevant things that I think we can talk about. Um, Andrew Barry sent one of his uh, disciples off. <laughs> Uh, in to ride off into the sunset with another team uh, in Minnesota. Their GM was uh, under Andrew Barry here in Cleveland. The Browns uh, have placed an emphasis on on developing minority front office personnel, things like that. And uh, he's having a lot of success in Minnesota, I would argue so far. But mm-hmm. he he got Brian Flores to sign on as defensive coordinator before Brian Flores went and did another interview with the Cardinals for his head coaching gig. So, uh, you know, that is, I think, interesting because the GM's an Andrew Berry disciple and it was somebody that was a hot name in the Cleveland market. Yep. Um, so definitely some movement there. And he won't be in the AFC North anymore. He was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, good for them. That's a good pickup for them. Yeah. Uh, not again, not a lot to talk about. A- anything else in the news or anything you've seen on social media you feel like is worth uh kind of you're disgusting. asking me <laughs> uh no it's it's been dead dry out there it's it's um i mean other than the super bowl and what we've talked about so far we're kind of so, i don't i don't know if your twitter feed and facebook feed or whatever you're on is uh, i know you're on twitter uh i spend most of my time on twitter is littered with certain things it's like everybody has something to say about a particular narrative every day or every couple of days there's there's one particular thing and, uh, you know, lately what I've been seeing everybody wanting to discuss is the prospect of the Browns going and getting another receiver. Right. And there are two aging veterans that are that are hot commodities as far as the fans are concerned. And why don't we go ahead and, and kind of dive into that a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. So the Browns are going to come up with some cat cap space. They will. Watson will almost surely restructure. Amari Cooper's a restructuring candidate. Miles Garrett's a restructuring candidate. 
they could, if they're again going to kick the can down the road, they could easily come up with 40 to 60 million in cap space. For sure. All right. The Andrew Berry tends to trend towards youth, right? And he tends to trend towards uh, untapped talent, right? Talent that hasn't translated to production that he can get a value on. These two guys are are not either of those things, okay? The two names that are been, that are being floated around by Browns fans is the the prized picks of free agency is DeAndre Hopkins, and there is a ton of speculation that Keenan Allen's going to be a salary cap casualty in LA for the Chargers, and uh, he's a hot name as well. Give me your opinions on these two guys and what you think they should do if anything and then i'll share mine with you um i mean if i if you're asking me who i'd be more interested in it would probably be hopkins just because of the connection with watson in the past um i think so to clarify maybe neither of them is the answer that's right that's a perfectly fine answer right yeah i mean i'm obviously not it's not my preference to go out and get older receivers, especially over the age of 30. Um, you know, Dwayne Bow uh, syndrome, right. You know, it just <laughs> typically doesn't work out for them. Um, but you know, if, if I was, if I was gun to the head, had to pick between the two, it would definitely be Hopkins just because, you know, like I said, the connection with Watson, but, um, and I still think he has more in the tank. Um, Keenan Allen, I'm sorry. I mean, you've had a great career. Probably would he be a hall of famer? You think? No, no. Yeah. And I actually think that, uh, if you were to list out every wide receiver one in the NFL, he is at the very bottom of that right. list or so, close I mean, to it. Great he's, career. Not interested. Yeah. Well, and you know, he's, he's had a lot of success and he's got a lot of talent, but he's had some injury issues. Right. Um, but you know, you look at some of the other guys that, that are, that are being floated around that Browns fans would really love to have. Um, I, I just saw it in the comments, Brandon cooks. Mm-hmm talented guy why is he on six teams in six years and he's got his own set of injury issues um will fuller definitely injury issues d hop out of those four if we're looking at just those four he's the guy but i would argue don't go after either of them personally um i think that the value you would need to get them at is unrealistic and that's perfectly fine. You know, you're going to have to pay them a good amount of money. I'm not saying they're not worth the money that they're going to make. I'm saying that it, I don't know if it's the best thing for this franchise. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I, it, I don't know. I, I can't get on board with any of them other than Hopkins. Like, and, and that's, like I said, gun to my head. It's, it's not going to hurt the organization. I don't think he's the type of player that's going to hurt anybody. No. Um, so it's, they just, they have to find somebody that can spread the field. Somebody can add some speed and some downfield threat. Yeah. I think the two biggest questions on the offense out of what we, you know, aside from what we spent time on earlier with Jed Wills and his fifth year option is going to be, uh, a cream hunt replacement and, uh, you know, somebody else at wide receiver. I don't know if that's going to come through the, the draft or free agency. And that's something that, uh, that, uh, you know, dogs by nature had an article up on just over the past few days. Are they going to address it in free agency or, or the draft? It could be both. Maybe it's not splashy at all. 
you know, maybe a trade candidate surfaces. Yeah. You know, Jerry Jones is sticking to his gun saying he's happy with <laughs> the value he got out of Amari Cooper, which I don't really understand. But, um, you know, the Browns do need speed and they do need yes. help there. Yes. And I think sure. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones would thrive as a wide receiver three. Yes. I he think would. he can play wide receiver two, but he would thrive as a wide receiver three. Agreed. So, yeah. Agreed. If you can, if you can have somebody to to stretch the field to the point that he can just eat on those intermediate routes, it's it's money. I mean, he's he's so good at those drag routes, the slants. The I mean, the stuff in the middle of the field is where he really makes his money. And if he's got that opportunity to do that, I mean, it's it would be scary. It really would. Let's do a live mailbag to kind of close out the show. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter show today, I think. But uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook live as we're recording this, go ahead and ask a question in the comments and we'll address it. Um, you know, it is there. At least we don't have a ton of pieces to address on offense. The defense is obviously far more uh, of a challenge. Yes. I think, or it's going to be more of a challenge, but uh, the offense, it, it's kind of, we're going into win now mode and the window, it sounds really cliche, but the window is, is really not that open. It's closing. It's closing. So it's, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I've, se- I've also seen some talk, you know, floating around on social media of uh, Paris Campbell uh, from the Colts, uh, I've also seen some some talk about Nicole Hardman, possible targets at the wide receiver position. I love you know. Nicole Hardman on the Browns. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, give me give me that special teams ability. Yeah, and some of that speed. I love it. I, love I mean, that's it. a guy that definitely could plug into what you were hoping Jakeem Grant was going to do for you this year. Yeah, so. with I think more upside at wide receiver. I think for, he gives correct. you uh, an edge on special teams. Um, but, uh, I don't know if he's as good as Jakeem Grant as a returner, but he's, he's better than anything we've had since, uh, Josh Cribs, really, if you ask me. Right. Um, all right. So we have a question in the comments. Would you draft Zach Harrison with the second round pick? Uh, um, I'm assuming you're asking me because all the Buckeye stuff behind me, but, uh, I would actually say no. And the reason for that is consistency issues. Um, Zach is an athlete. He's large. He has the physical tools and ability to do it. I just don't think he was consistent enough for me at the college level to pick him in the second round. Um, I, I just think that he he came on late, um, but he's just been too inconsistent. Like I just I go back to that every time I think of him as a Buckeyes fan and as somebody who's watched him since he was recruited. um, I just, I felt like his ceiling is much, was much higher and he hasn't quite lived up to that. He's very good against the run. I see your comment down there. He is good against the run. Um, But you know, you are hoping to put somebody opposite of miles Garrett that can also get after the quarterback. And I just don't think he does that enough to take enough of the attention from miles side of the field. You know, you need somebody over there who's dynamic. Yeah. That question came from Craig Foster. We have one from Darius Jones. Uh, do you see the Browns making a surprise trade? For example, 
like trading Newsom for a possible extra second round pick or getting a wide receiver in the trade. All right, back to social media narratives. The other, the other player that so many and uh, Darius for you know, for clarification, I'm not suggesting that this is your uh, opinion. I'm just saying I'm going to connect the dots here. A lot of Browns fans are hoping that they can ship Newsom off for somebody like Jerry Judy. All right. And I keep seeing this and there's an infatuation with Jerry Judy and he may be available and Browns fans are working the math problem backwards. You know, how do we find somebody that would make sense to ship off for Jerry Judy and, and be able to acquire him? The argument for shipping off Newsom is we're strong on the outside. Newsom is disappointed on the inside when it comes to cornerback. Uh, we don't really need him on the outside unless somebody gets hurt which happens, but do we plan for injuries? No, just like we don't get in the car. You know, we do play in it as far as a depth perspective, but for like a, for like a good player, you know, like Newsom, uh, I don't think you plan like that. That's like getting in the car, planning on getting into a car accident. That's not why we put the seatbelt on. We put it on just in case, um, right. you know, I get the argument for, for trading Newsom. I just don't see Barry with, his unwillingness to give up draft picks, his uh, the obvious potential and talent that Newsom has on a rookie deal for money and his affinity for depth at the position, to me, it just doesn't add up as something that's realistically going to happen. So to answer your question, no. Darius, you know, I don't think Newsom's going to be a trade piece. I wouldn't be, be surprised wrong, to but... see some type of surprise trade come. I mean, he's he's going to Andrew Barry is going to have to be um, very active this offseason. He's going to have to really use his brain and really use some gymnastics with the money and and some, you know, some deals. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a deal or two happen. But I don't think that the cornerback position is one that they can just shift away the youth from because they've been struggling for depth at that position for two years. They've been struggling with injury issues at that position for two years. I mean, you blow on uh, um, Denzel Ward. Um, Denzel Ward, and he falls over, and he's out for two games. Like, it's just they need the depth there too much, and he's too much of a young talent to just ship him off like that. Now, somebody like a Greedy Williams, maybe I could see getting moved in, a, in some type of deal. But, like, again, why – why do it if you have guys on a young contract? Because it's it just it hurts your depth, and your your depth has to be there for defense. We've we've seen that as an issue for the Browns for many years now. Um, injuries hit them hard for whatever reason it is, and they need depth. Um, but no, I, I would yeah. not be surprised to see something come this, this something. Offseason. Something I think that's feeding that narrative is with Jim Schwartz coming in. You know, everybody's assuming that the focus is going to shift from the defensive backfield to the front of the defense. And while that may be true to an extent, you can't have too many good players, especially on rookie deals. Right. Um, I think that while nobody's untouchable, I mean, realistically, who's untouchable on our team at this point? Deshaun Watson, because it's mathematically impossible to trade him, right? Other than that, yeah. is anybody truly untouchable? I mean, you could argue Miles, maybe. You could argue that for sure. Chubb's touchable. Uh, everybody's touchable for the right number outside right. of probably Watson and miles. Right. Um, you know, with that being said, Barry's going to have to really, really fleece somebody, I think to pull a trigger, which right. is fine. 
That happens. I think you would be more likely to see somebody like John Johnson get shipped out, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, and I think they're going to struggle to trade him if they do trade him because everybody knows. I think that the likelihood of him getting a post-June 1st designation and getting cut is is what's likely to happen. He's right. going to likely be the Brown salary cap move, savings move of the offseason. The other salary cap savings are going to come from restructuring. We're not going to be cutting a ton of guys. Right. Where the roster is really going to look different aside from bringing draft picks in and free agents in is whether or not we're going to re-sign certain veterans. And we'll probably dedicate an episode to going through who is, you know, slated to hit free agency and maybe do like a stay or go type thing. We can, we can do that in the near future. Um, That'll be a fun episode, but uh, you know, uh, the decisions I don't think are going to be that tough in that area, but yeah, for them to get a, for them to trade somebody like news and it, it had got it. It (laughs) would need to be really, really, really good for them. And and listen, I'm a proponent for spending to win in the NFL. Like I, I say it all the time, you have to spend to win. And if that, if that deal comes up that it's too good to, you know, we already said F them picks, right? Yeah, do it. I mean, I'm down (laughs) with it. Like if it makes your team significantly better, do it. Like, you you have to maximize on the young talent that you have right now. You have to maximize on that window that is quote unquote open for them right now. And you know, I'm I'm all for spending. I don't give a crap what happens for the Browns six years from now as far as money goes. I want to know. I want to win. I want to win while we have the talent because you don't know what's going to happen in five years. All right. On that note, we are going to head to the overtime show. If you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, stick around for just a moment. We are going to be. Uh, talking a little bit uh that is kind of our garage beer segment uh we kind of let our hair down if we had some we would anyways and uh we we do more of a casual conversation back and forth with the commenters and anybody can join the show if they'd like so tuesdays at nine uh that's what we get into after uh this portion of the show we are the dogs table i'm craig fountain here with ryan angelo here for dogs by nature we're part of the uh sb nation and vox media family And uh, we will be back next week. Go Browns. Go Browns.